What's going on, everybody? Welcome in. Welcome back. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill here, and we are back from the National Combine. Uh, a lot to unpack from that National Combine. Great weekend, nonetheless. Thank you very much to the CFL team for having us on that stream. Thank you so much to Kyle for setting that thing up. Kyle, Adam, Jamie on the back end, and obviously to Christina, Eric, and everybody else at the with the CFL team for having us out. Where do you want to start with the Combine? Because goodness... A lot happened. I told you so. <laughs> I told you. I told you. I told you. Rodeem Brown. I told you, man. <laughs> nah, I I said going in, the only question I really had about this guy was his size. He came in a couple inches shorter than what some people like. But let's be honest. He dominated the one-on-one period more than anyone else on the offensive line. Oh my gosh, man. Did he ever, that was such a treat to watch. And we were saying it on the stream, but for those not watching, like with Rodeen Brown, it didn't matter where he was asked to line up. It didn't matter what position he was playing, whether, you know, he was inside at guard or if he was actually snapping the ball, but every single rep, I think there was only one rep that I can recall where he like quote unquote lost the rep. And I wouldn't even call it a loss. It was more so a tie, but it just seemed like every single time his number was called, he was winning his rep. Uh, but yeah, no, I, Olanyu continues to dominate. Peter Kazusha had another solid day. He played a lot of guard reps as well as tackle. Yeah. I thought he held his own in that. Um, Check the boxes, yeah, no. right? Like, yeah, I, I, I will say there's some talk about the Philpots and their poor performance at the combine. And it's like poor. They, they literally just had an average day. And what I kind yeah. of assume or let's put some asterisks kind of like, on that poor yeah, like what I kind of uh, liken this to is like they just kind of went through the paces. Like they were just kind of like, yeah, we're here. We know like we can't really improve our draft stock by by doing this. And then like they had an okay run. They had an okay jump. And then they okay 40 and okay bench. And they came in. They were just okay in one-on-ones. And like you saw the flashes where you're like, oh, yeah, shit. Wow, they are everything they're made up to be. Then you also saw and you're like, oh. They just kind of look like they're going through the motions all day. My, my question with like with this though, with the Philpots, with this whole situation is like, is it just the fact that people were a little bit let down by the hype? Like, because they're like, going into the combine, these these brothers and obviously the Ford brothers were, you know, the four guys that everybody was locked the, in on. The talk of the town, yeah. Right. Like, is so did we just kind of get lost in the hype a little bit with the fill pots and then they they come out and they don't run and you know maybe it's a bit of an unrealistic expectation in the first place but they don't each run a 4-4 they're not blowing by the best dbs in the country they're not jumping you know a foot further than everybody else like what was it just the athleticism and and the expectation around these guys was it just blown out of proportion was it just overhyped a little bit and you know they did have they had an average day they didn't you know they they did some pretty good numbers of four six forty and four seven forty is nothing that you know necessarily scoff at. But my my question is, yeah, did we overblow the fill pots a little bit, and then were we just let down because they didn't live up to this unrealistic hype? I don't know. Like to me, that's that really is the question, and I don't think this plummets their draft stock. I don't. No. I mean, according to our mock that we're about to do, yeah, like it it does not drop them at all for me from where I had them. It drops. Jalen, for you, by two spots just because of where the draft lies and 
who's selecting in which spot. So yeah. And like, uh, we'll, we'll dive into that and I'll explain a little bit further. We will. why, but like, yeah, well, I don't, I don't think, think it's I a think disrespectful everyone drop. <laughs> everyone will understand one very clearly. No, like the Phil pots. I mean, you watch their tape, you watch them blow away guys, yeah. left, right, center, can West, uh, OUA, RSEC. Whenever they played out of conference in 2019, they were fantastic. When they played in conference both years, uh, they were also fantastic there too. So this is nothing like you always say, and people always say like their film matters so much more. This is just one of those cases. They just yeah. didn't check the box. Yeah. Don't let it be like Orlando Brown where everyone moves him from the first round to the third round because of how he ran at the combine. Then he comes out and he's a multiple position pro bowler on the offensive line, the NFL, right? Like don't be those people. In in case anybody needs a little bit of a reminder about who Jalen and Tyson Philpot are, let's go back to the 2019 Banyak Cup, the biggest game of the entire season. They're playing the best defense in the country at the time in the Montreal Caravan. And they no were Mark each Antoine Claw, but still, still. <laughs> and they still were each Enoch McConzo. Or, sorry, whoa, Ethan McConzo. Ethan McConzo. I'm getting a year ahead of myself. You know, same <laughs> last name. We'll start with E. I know. Yeah, great. But, yeah, but no, like, like they were each responsible for two of the biggest plays in that game. So uh, I think I think in terms of like dropping and like I I say the Orlando Brown thing, but yes, it is possible to drop your draft stock. But when you're a top end player and you just kind of have an okay day, you're not like look at guys like Deontay Knight. Like I don't think, in my opinion, that he tested through the roof. I thought he just checked the boxes, yeah. puts on the pads, and you're like, oh right. JP Metris winner. Uh, but no, like in terms of dropping your draft stock, it's absolutely possible. I just don't think that the Philpot brothers are two of those guys. No, no. But that leads us into before we do get into our mock draft, because that's why we're all here. Before we do get into that, that leads us into some of the risers. So outside of Rodian and Brown, obviously, uh, who, who's a guy or some of the guys that you thought really boosted their stock? I'll give you some of mine too, but who uh, in your eyes, give me a couple guys that boosted their stock. I have Tommy Brady written here, but like he can't get much better than what we already thought of him. So yeah, we thought he was a freak, right? Like I think he just went out and proved it uh, on the national stage. Right? Like, like uh, you see people talking about, like, wow, Deontay Knight really boosted his stocks. Like from what? Yeah, from like, what? Three to two. Like, congratulate. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can't get much higher than the top. All right. Like, if you're the at the top, you can't be a draft <laughs> riser. Um, but no, uh, Josh Archibald really impressed me. He dropped yeah. a ton of weight. Think that he played fantastic inside or like at three tech or outside on the edge. Uh, he was really impressive to me. Montreal Alouettes pick up the phone. Uh, two other guys, Daniel Adaboye, the yeah. running back uh, from the NCAA that came up, he benched a ton at 28 reps. He also showed some great mobility and uh, route running skills in one on one and pass pro. Uh, last guy, Keaton Brugling. I if we were on for the DBs receivers one-on-ones, I would have been very annoyed gushing about this guy. Yeah. Uh, we said months ago, Nikola Kalinich light, as in, yeah, he has similar size. He's not as big as Kalinich, but he has got eight. Uh, he's got as good or better route running skills. He's willing to block strong enough to do it. He's a testing guy. Like he's tested very well. He's a fourth fastest 40. I think it was. Yeah. To me, like he vaulted himself a ton in this draft. He put himself probably in wide receiver three range. Yeah, um, I, would, I would agree. I would and, agree. Like, 
it's it's all on his own. Yes, he dropped a couple of passes in one on ones, but like Everybody the one did. drop he had, he absolutely roasted the corner by like six, seven yards of the half, yeah. whoever's covering him. Yeah. Like he, he's got the separation, he's got the right running ability. Uh special teams, check the box, like absolute huge riser to me. Yeah, man. I, I was uh, I was super excited to see uh, uh Brooklyn go out and have the day that he had. For me, Adrian Green is a riser yep. from, from St. Mary's. Uh, he had a really good day at the Waterloo Combine. And then he goes out and doubles down on it with another great day, just fearless in coverage. So he rose his stock to me. Obviously, Tyrell I love Richards. The, I love him. He's all five. He's all five yes. spots. Yeah, he can, and he showed he can play safety, out of every spot. half, boundary, field, corner, same yeah. thing. Like, it doesn't matter. You put him in a spot, you say, cover this guy. He says, all right, bet. And yeah. goes out and locks him up. I, I'm a big fan of him. Yeah, Adrian Green was was super impressive. Obviously, Tyrell Richards, um, we will talk about him, but definitely boosted his stock, um, surpassed, I think, the expectations that everybody had for him. Um, we will get to him, so yep. we won't spend much time much time there. And uh, Gavin Cobb, obviously the wide receiver from Manitoba, I thought rose his stock as well, was very crisp on his routes, turned a guy. I tweeted out a video of it on uh, on Wednesday or Thursday absolutely crossed up one of the poor global dbs um speaking of global dbs a guy that i uh, the last guy that i thought really rose his stock was the global db db from the potsdam royals beard agre had a really really solid day showed a lot of good makeup speed um got caught out of position you know on a couple of routes but when he did get caught he showed that he could catch back up and then get into position which i thought was nice to see so i think those are those are some of the big risers for us but really hammer home on on guys like josh archibald keaton brugling and i think adrian green are kind of three of the guys that really really rose for us uh when we talk about our risers we have to mention the bonus riser who is not draft eligible olivier oh man (laughs) god (laughs) damn wow he was so impressive the guest thrower from Concordia, the true freshman. Uh, can we can we get his draft clock sped up here? Because I am ready. I am sold already. Uh, he was impressive, man. Like the size, one throw he made the zip He's coming a off good the ball. Size. The arm is so fast. Oh my twitch. gosh! Uh, There's one throw he made down the uh, west sideline on the dome. Put it over top of tight coverage into the bucket on the sideline for a running back. I was like, wow, that was a great throw from Trey. And then I turned around and was like, oh, shit, never mind. That was the freshman quarterback that did that. Yeah. Uh, he was he was impressive. I was very excited to see him. And that's why the CFL had kind of brought him in uh, for the National Combine is because guys are already getting some buzz about this kid. Yeah, man, he is uh... – He's talented for sure. It was it was a real treat to watch him. Unfortunately, he's not draft eligible this year for us. But oh, he's uh, not draft eligible next year. No, year we that? got we like, got a while to wait for uh, Olivier Waugh. But it was it was certainly. I now mean, we play the game. Safe to how say, many he's heck next. Creighton's can he not? How many hex can he rack up? That is now the game we're going to play with him. Man, it is was it one is Adam Vance for is heck. Three. <laughs> I think it's Olivier Waugh for heck now. For the next and three years. <laughs> not one, not two, not three. Hopefully, oh, hopefully man. we would love to see that. What do you say we get into this mock draft now? 
Yep. Uh, let's get it off the uh, off the books here. First things first, Edmonton. Chris wait, Jones wait, loves- wait, wait, wait. Before we get into it, though, just so we don't get hammered on social media, this is our first one of 2022. Let's keep that in mind. This is our first, first mock draft of 2022. Things are going to change and change drastically. And the big thing with these mock drafts, too, is the one thing that I think always gets seen, or the one thing that seems to get lost, we're looking at position fit a lot of the time too. Where do we think these guys fit in positionally based on need, based on what's going on? So yeah, I mean, some of the picks you might not agree with, but we do it because we love it. Okay. Then make your own mock draft. You don't agree. Yeah. Great. So uh, let's get into it though. Okay. There was a nod. There was an exchange. There was a share. Two rounds, two rounds here. If Carl and I have the same pick, we'll mention it and then we'll move on. Yeah. First off, first overall pick, uh, the nod. Edmonton the nod. Elks. The nod. Chris Jones. This man has an affinity for NCAA players. Okay. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's something that's past, if it's something that he's experienced at a personal level, but he loves NCAA players. And there is one that competed with not one, not two, but three different position groups at the CFL Combine. Excelling at all three, might we This man is Tyrell Richards from Syracuse. And what I have written in here is NCAA versatile defenders exist, and Chris Jones kind of starting to sweat. Uh, Connor has written, (laughs) Jones gave the nod, it's a done deal. Man. We saw it. He got lined up on Adam Macker on a, a one-on-one route. Adam Macker comes out, gives him a little shake, and then cuts the quick out. Richard doesn't bite, stays in phase, gets the breakup, finishes the play. And, and as he's coming off, Chris Jones is looking on and just gives him a subtle head tilt. And that's all we Welcome needed. Welcome to the wiser hood, buddy. <laughs> Welcome to the Elks. Uh Pick number two, Tyson Philpot. We have both uh, there. I have a class playmaker, not scaring me away just yet with his numbers. You just have playmaker. Yeah, there's, uh, there's number not much three, else can... BC Lions. We uh, start to differ here. Yes, we do have a little bit of diversity. You want me to go first? Or you want to start on this one? You can go first. All right. So I have Deontay Knight penciled in here for the BC Lions. If you look at what BC did last year. They were a good team at forcing turnovers. They were a good team at, you know, creating PBUs and interception opportunities, but they were not a good team at getting to the quarterback. They had the least sacks in the league. They struggled getting pressure, which I think, you know, down the stretch kind of killed them a little bit. Getting pressure on guys like a Cody Fajardo, on guys like, you know, a Bo Levi Mitchell that can run around and wreak havoc and did wreak havoc on your defense. If you have an interior pressure guy like Deontay Knight, I think that is going to significantly, you know, boost the status of your defense. Deontay is a guy that I think can come in and contribute right away. I'm not going to say he's going to be like a day one starter or anything like that, but I think he can certainly, you know, at his skill level, at his size, I think he is pro ready. He's coming out of Western and they always seem to be pro ready coming out of Western. I know they did in the off season, add Matthew Betts to their defensive line, but the, the, there's significant buzz around Knight and moving him inside 
So I think that's what BC does with this pick. I think they're looking for interior pass rush help, and I think they're going to find it in the form of Deontay Knight, the JP Metris winner, best lineman in the country. All right, here we go. You add defensive players. What sells tickets, Connor? Kenny Lawler and Brian Burnham. And Jalen Philpot. See, That's here's scary. the thing. That's With so Amar Dumon taking over the BC Lions, he already has Nathan Rourke, which is the Canadian bell of the ball. And uh, for me, this makes so much sense. Get a young receiver to pair with your quarterback. Not only is he a young receiver, he's a young homegrown receiver from Vancouver. Okay? This is, this is so enticing to me for that reason. Uh, because they've added Matthew Betts, like you mentioned, I feel like they can just go and get the all-star playmaker. I only have one question for... Uh, I only have one question for the Jalen Philpot pick here. Is he from Delta or is he from Vancouver? Oh, uh, Delta is Vancouver. Where are they from? Delta they from? is Vancouver. Okay, don't let anyone tell you differently. Oh man, it's like saying that Nepean <laughs> is its own city and it's not a part of Ottawa. Okay, depends who you ask. If you ask somebody from Nepean, they'll tell you otherwise. They'll, they'll just probably tell you I'm from Ottawa. I bet you they'd say they're from Nepean. <laughs> We need someone to settle this right now. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, pick number four here. We're back in the same wavelength, so you can take this one away. Yeah, I mean, Montreal is on the clock. Pick number four. Wait, Obviously wait, we... wait. Do we have any French players? Oh, there's a, there's a whole pile. Take your pick. Oh, take your okay. pick. But we're not going to do the RSEQ like you might assume we would. No, no, no. We are going to Myrtle Beach, Carolina, and we are going with Enoch McConzo, the DB from Coastal Carolina. Yes, the guy is from Montreal, and we love to make that joke, but he also fills a very strong void on the Montreal Alouettes, I think. He's a DB that can literally play all over the field. We talked about Adrian Green being a guy that can play all five. Well, Enoch McConzo can play all five, and he can come off the edge. Yeah, so. no, he... He to me is a guy that you can just put it boundary half and let him let him yeah, fly. Perfect boundary half. So uh, they they can use that. He also played Sam down at Coastal Carolina, so if they wanted to use him in that role. They more than uh, they certainly could do that. Let's move to number five. I'm very interested in your number five pick, Calgary Stampeders. So take it away and go into detail at great great length. I need this at great length. I've got Trey Ford here at number five. Here's the thing. Calgary of all teams has consistently given shots to Canadian quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. Andrew Buckley, Brad Sinopoli, Michael O'Connor, slide in Trey Ford. I know they have Jake Mayer, but Bo Levi is clearly on his way out. I think they bring well, in Trey. Deal's already true... inked with TSN for Bo Levi Mitchell. Yeah, I mean, like the ink's just drying at this point. Uh I think they bring in a blue chip prospect, right? Like, do you go with the guy who, yeah, he was a good experiment, but towards the end of that experiment, it was, all right, Bo, can you play a little hurt for us so that we can get you back on the field here? Yeah. Uh, I, I think they want this blue chip prospect. I think they see Trey Ford and the playmaking ability uh, 
Cameron, Huffnagel, the whole staff, they're just salivating it. How can we get this guy here, add to our playmakers, and just blow this thing wide open in Calgary? Yeah, I really, I, I really do like that pick. It is, it's one of the ones that when we were kind of going over this, talking back and forth about it, that I was, you know, I had stars and circles around. But my only, my only counter, I guess, with that is, it was Dinwiddie, right? So I think, I, I think, maybe it wasn't entirely Dinwiddie, but he he orchestrated a lot of that Canadian quarterback development, a lot of the Canadian quarterbacks coming in. So I think Toronto at six might be a sneaky spot to try to grab Trey Ford as well. I mean. Yes, McLeod Bethel Thompson would have improved it this year. I think like it's it's safe to say that as yeah, of right now like that Macbeth is the starting quarterback of the as of right now Macbeth is the starting quarterback of the Toronto Argonauts. But again, Dinwiddie has a track record of working with and liking Canadian quarterbacks. Who's at the helm of the Argos now? Oh, it's Pinball Clemens. What did he do in 2020, 2021? He just made splashes all off season. So I think. I think Toronto's another sneaky spot for Trey Ford to land. Now that's not where you have him going. So it's let's not, keep going here. It's Who's not, your number five spot to Calgary? I was going to say, we got to circle back to Calgary because I don't have Trey Ford going to Calgary or Toronto. Before this pick, I have Jalen Philpott coming in and playing at Calgary. Very, very, very familiar with that stadium already. Uh, wide receivers position that Calgary is a little bit light at. I know they have Begleton back now. Uh, and some guys were starting to step up towards the end of the season last year, but weapons like this are hard to come by and they are always welcome on an offensive roster. We've seen how well these types of guys work out in Saskatchewan with Braden Linnaeus and Keen Schaefer Baker. So I think Calgary is kind of looking over that direction going, Hmm, I think we should, uh, we should probably get one of those of our own. And I think they're going to find that in Jalen Philpott here. Uh, keep it rolling here with your number six pick. Cause we differ on this one. Yeah, we do. So uh, Toronto on the clock now. No, it's not Trey Ford after that big, big, long rant that I, I went on to say that Toronto could be a sneaky landing spot for Trey Ford. I've got Nathan Cherry going to the Toronto Argonauts here. They couldn't pressure at all last year. Defensive pressure, again, was an issue, much like BC for Toronto last year. Uh, it hurt them. It hurt them down the stretch in the East final against Hamilton. We saw Hamilton start to take over that game, knowing that Toronto really couldn't bring anything up front to force Evans to be nervous in that game. Uh, well, and Masoli for that matter as well. But the, the quarterback, no matter who was in at quarterback for that game, it just didn't seem like, you know, they were hurried or rushed or, or had to hesitate at all in that game. So I think, you know, something that Toronto can add is, you know, maybe a DB, certainly. But also, I think uh, defensive pressure here for Toronto. So I think they're going to go with a guy that came out and proved his value at the combine in Nathan Cherry. Toronto, what killed them against Hamilton? Was it Jagarrett Davis? Yes. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go and solidify that O line right here, right now. Uh, go and take Noah Zare, Saskatchewan offensive lineman. He can start out as your sixth offensive lineman. Uh, you can play him at guard or at tackle, let him rock. You get a, honestly, do you get the top offensive lineman down at six in the CFL draft? It's That's a fine. pretty good steal. History uh, so I'm going of there. drafting Canadian linemen as of late as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shane Richards a couple years ago was the number, what, two overall pick? Yep. Um, so they just Castro. keep it going. Yeah. Yep, keep it going. Very good. Uh, then uh, let's go to seven. 
because this is where I slot Noah's there in. Saskatchewan was the most sacked team in the league last year, dude. 40 sacks on Cody Fajardo last season. Four, was it 40? Because I had, 40. I had, I had, uh, I had Hamilton giving up 40 sacks as well. <laughs> uh, maybe it was a T, T, T1 then, but Saskatchewan gave up 40 sacks last season. Cody Fajardo, if he is your future, if he is the now of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, which he very, very, very definitely is, that dude can't run for his life forever. He's been running for his life for what seems like the last two, three CFL seasons. Oh. That man needs to stand in the pocket and throw the ball. He needs time to throw the football. Noah's there is going to allow him to do official, that. Official sack rankings here. Ottawa with 53 and then a T for second between Hamilton and Saskatchewan. Okay, but, 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 but. My, Ottawa my had most... a bunch of guys right before the season just kind of drop yeah. out. So and my, we my understand most, that one. <laughs> my most sacked quarterback thing there still stands because there's a carousel yes. going on in Ottawa. And then Hamilton was rotating back and forth. So Cody Fajardo was the most sacked quarterback in the league this year. He can't run forever. He just can't. I, I agree with you on that one. Uh, for me, though, Tyrell Ford, this is the one. You lose yeah, Eli Buka, like Ed Gainey, Luchez Purfoy. You have Godfrey. You had Godfrey on Yeka, uh, who you've brought in recent years and you quite like. Go and get another. You mean you have Nick Marshall. Go and get Tyrell Ford, who can play at that other corner spot. You would be pairing fly. You would be pairing Tyrell Ford with Nick Marshall, yes. But also, let's remember they drafted Nelson Lacumbo, who hasn't seen the field yet. Yeah, so you you have you have these three guys who have great speed. Yeah, uh, Nick Marshall, Tyrell, it's game changing speed. I think that's an interesting defense. point, and I don't think he slides much further. Like no, once <laughs> once Toronto gets there, like. I know Toronto is pretty happy with their DB core. After that, Tyrell could go to Sask, he'd go to Hamilton, or even Winnipeg, who's starting to build their own national roster of defensive backs. But I have Tyrell Ford going there just to fill a huge void from those three big names that have left. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that's where you're going to see Saskatchewan lean in this draft too. Like if, if they're not going offensive line, I think they have to look at going, you know, coverage linebacker DB at that seven spot. All right, let's go to eight. Hamilton, who do you have? I go first. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'll go. I have this is where I have Trey Ford falling in the draft, and Trey Ford to me is is probably falling in the first round. Come on, yeah, I know. Quote falling. Um, Trey Ford's probably like the hardest guy to place in this draft. He's the hardest guy to mock because the talent is undeniable, but there's only so many vacant jobs and or, you know, vacant backup jobs in the CFL right now. It's a matter of, you know, who needs a quarterback, who potentially needs a backup quarterback when we run it, when we run it through Ottawa just brought in Masoli BC's firmed up with, you know, the double Canadian quarterback system they got going on. VA is not going anywhere. You know, we know Bo's got a couple of years left for me. The vacant spot right now is, is Hamilton. It's Hamilton a little bit for me, at least a, a vacant backup quarterback. I mean, Matthew Schultz, are you confident in him or would you rather go have think, a guy? Yeah, like, I think, they I think they're confident in him, but like long-term looking at Matthew Schultz versus Trey Ford, I'm taking Trey Ford all day long. And I think that Trey Ford is an intriguing prospect for a team like Hamilton, who I think if you put a guy like Trey Ford in a football town, like Hamilton, they would explode. I agree. Uh, next that, 
pick for me, Peter Kazusha. 40 sacks against last year. The O-line was a complete mess. I think I'm yeah. preaching to Kyle Mello and Kyle Mello alone when I say, <laughs> can we get a set damn rotation on this O-line? Because yeah. uh, Zuzushka at this point in the draft, uh, you're getting the best available offensive lineman. You're trying to shore up a massive need for your team. Uh, number nine, Winnipeg. Western players for both of us, but different sides of the ball. I've got Deontay Knight. Connor, talk about a guy we haven't talked about yet. Zach Fry. I've got Zach Fry going here to Winnipeg. And honestly, like the only note that I had for this one, um, again, Zach Fry is a guy that, you know, we know what he is. He's on the the scouting bureau list. Like he is a good, solid prospect goes to Western, which we talk about Alberta being, being O-line U, but I mean, Western's got to be right there in that conversation as well. So uh, Zach, Zach Fry certainly is pro ready, I think, but uh, Winnipeg, man, do, do they need anything else? They don't need any spots. There's nothing that's open. There's nothing that they're lacking. Um, yeah, they sure they lost Kenny Lawler, but I'm, I'm going to replace that coming up yeah, <laughs> in the second round. But uh, I, I think that they could benefit from, from some offensive line help. I think, you know, having solid offensive line, being able to rotate, and we see it more and more, like offensive line is becoming more and more a rotational position. So I think the more solid offensive linemen that you have, it's only going to benefit you, especially when, you know, things are starting to, you know, wear and tear down the stretch of a season, right? Yeah, I have uh, for night here, no Kongbo anymore. Go yeah. replace him with a similar play style. Yeah. Um, that big lower half uh, guy that can play inside, outside. Go and get a dominant player. Billy uh, Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat, Deontay Knight. Yep. Goodness. That's not fair. Uh, tenth overall, Toronto into the second round we go. We both have DBs. You have Tyrell Ford. I have Shaq St. Lot, who we have not seen. But this guy's long, yeah. fast, similar play style to Tyrell Ford. Uh, then Ottawa, we got similar picks. We got both going Rodeem Brown. <laughs> oh, man. Just makes – we were talking about this, like, we texted back and forth on this one. Like, it just makes way too much sense for Ottawa to go Rodeem Brown with this pick. It does. Mark Cordy out, bringing yep. another Golden Bear. You're yep. familiar with them. Uh, while Cordy could play tackle – uh, I don't know if you want to put Rodin there at six foot flat. Uh, I'm, I, I believe that he could play interior three, no problem for them on day absolutely. one. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, BC, we're both going O line. You have? I've got Peter Kazushka going to the BC Lions. Um, man, just this one is just plain and simple protect your assets. If you want to rock with Nathan Rourke and or Michael O'Connor, you know, the, if, they did a good job of addressing it in the off season in, in 2021. But I think again, to my earlier point, offensive lineman, never a bad thing. An offensive lineman like Peter Kazushka, it's, it's a near, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm brainless right now, but you just don't, it's, it is, it's a brainless pick much like me. It's a brainless pick. You don't have to think about it. Just do it. I've got a different offensive lineman because Kazushka is gone. I've yep. got Braden Knoll from Laurier. This man looks like a tackle, but he's such plays guard. an interesting lineman to me. Dude. And he's a freaky athlete too yeah. for the big men. Uh, I'm expecting him to be in there across all five positions, six O line through and through. Uh, Andrew Pearson, Suk Chung, yeah. all the guys that they have on that offensive line, uh, they'll just get a solid rotational backup. 
In I'm I, with Braden Noel. Like I was trying so hard to find a landing spot for him in the second round, but for me, it just, I don't know the way, the way mine fell, I just couldn't do it. But with a guy like Noel, like he doesn't make it out of the, out of the third round. You don't think. No, God, no has to, has to be in the top three rounds. Super athletic. Um, he was so athletic, man. I, I was very impressed by Braden Noel. He's another one that easily, easily could have been in that riser category for us. Yep. Uh, picks 13 and 14 for us. Uh, the exact same. And again, two picks that just make sense. Did we talk about your first round pick to Toronto, Nate Cherry? Yeah, we, we, did. Did. we did. We did. We did. Okay. Well, right now we've got a pair of playmakers. Montreal, Cyril Hogan, Sandon. Like, can we beat this dead horse anymore? He's a Quebec product who played in the province of Quebec for university, speaks French. And did I mention that he's from Quebec? Oh, and he's a really damn good football player. So this just kind of slots him right into the Montreal Alouettes franchise plan. Man, too much sense. And he can snap the ball. Let's not forget about that. That is one of my one of our dude, like such an under I, like again to beat another dead horse with the same dead horse we're already trying to beat he can snap the ball he can snap the football that is it's one of okay. the most undervalued things but let's talk about josiah shackle going to calgary here at 14 yeah i yeah i really like this pick uh for me shackle was a big question he looks so robotic on tape that yeah. i was just I just had some questions to answer and he came out and answered them. He's uh, still like, even at the national combine, like I'm not going to say that he like loosened up as much. He looked a little bit more like he, he did look a little, little less stiff in person, but I think that's just his play style, man. Like, I think I he's think just so, so technical. I'm, I'm coming like, to terms with it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that's just how he plays ball, but he gets results in, and he's a damn good ball player. In terms of Calgary picking him, let's let's talk about how he played half for two years, Sam for another year. I know Sam is like the taboo position for Americans, right? Canadian, no, for Canadians to play outside of. Nick oh, Cross, sorry, 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 sorry. Yes, I got you. Outside of Nick Cross, I can't remember another Sam that has been a through and through national prospect. Um, Shackle might be able to do it. If not, he's a damn good will linebacker for you to add. Yeah. Yeah. And he's gonna play specials right away. And quite frankly, him and Charlie Moore, it's a good pairing to have going forward to grow up with. Yeah. Those are two two damn good linebackers. And my like you said, my favorite thing about Josiah Shackle is his ability to cover. You can trust him to play the run, you can trust him to play the back end. So I'm I'm very, very interested to see what his development looks like long term. Toronto at 15. We differ a little bit. I'm on the offensive side of the ball. You're on the defensive side of the ball. So hit me with yours, and then I will tell you who I got. But this kind of goes part and parcel with how we had them picking in the first round. You had D-line, now go O-line. I yep. had O-line. I now go with D-line. And much like you, I have a Saskatchewan Husky, but I have Riley Pickett. The ability to bounce inside, outside, strong against the run. He's going to fit right into that group, play across the D-line if they need him to. Uh, even in sub packages, I think he's able to do that for them. So the Toronto sticking with their Saskatchewan pass, going Josh Haggerty, having Connor Bergloff. Now you bring in Riley Pickett. And I am flipping the draft strategy here. I'm going with my second round offensive lineman, 
And this is a guy that we, well, you still have, but uh, I won't, well, I guess I did just spoil it, but you know, we, we initially thought that this guy was going to be, you know, seamlessly placed into the territorial selection for Ottawa, but I think he worked as in, in the most complimentary way possible. I think he worked his way out of that spot. I, I don't think that he's like, I don't think he's getting to the territorial spot for Ottawa because I don't think he'll be available to take Zach Palios, the Ottawa GG's offensive lineman. He went out and again, another guy that showed out, showed out across the board, played multiple positions and played multiple positions very well. So I think uh, Pelios worked his way out of that territorial spot. And I've got Toronto going after him here with the 15th overall pick for the same reasons that you had Toronto going after an offensive lineman, uh, Noah Zer with their first pick. It's just, they've, they've got that track record. They've got that history of taking Canadian offensive linemen. They really seem to like the talent that, they're finding with U Sports offensive linemen, and I think they're getting another damn good one in Zach Pelios here. Saskatchewan at number 16. You have Riley Pickett staying in the province. I have Keaton Brugling, Carlton Ravens. You lose Braden Lenius for his NFL chance. Bring in another big-bodied receiver that you can pair with Keen Schaefer-Baker, Shaq Evans, Kyron Moore. Just keep your stack... Sh- just keep your stash of good, big-bodied receivers going here. Uh, it makes too much sense. You're going to get a guy that can play specials for you as well if you need him to scrap, block, help out. But when you get into that five-wide set, he's a guy you can put over a half or out wide and draw those mismatches in size. So uh, I like Keaton Brugling here to Saskatchewan. Go play in Ryderville with Fajardo. Dude, that's a that's a that's a tall wide receiver room that Cody Fajardo's got to throw to. Should they land, keep huck and pray, baby, huck and pray. Good goodness, yeah, that's that's <laughs> going to be the strategy. It's gonna be like, well, I'm on the run again, and I know somebody's gonna be downfield. So, but uh, yeah, my we're moving on to 17. Hamilton, second round pick, 17. Now I say this. And it keeps seeming to happen, but Jagarit Davis can't play forever, or so we keep saying. Yes, and he, he seem- seemingly goes out and does so at a very high level every single year. But I think uh, I think Hamilton is going to take a strong look at a guy like Anthony Federico. Had that NFL Pro Day with Deontay Knight in the Ford Brothers. Was a very very productive defensive lineman for Queens. He can do a lot of different things. He can line up off ball, which I really like. And I think he's a developable pass rusher. So I think Hamilton's going to take a strong look. They have, um, for lack of a better term, an aging defensive line that I think that they are addressing. And I think uh, Federico. Just another piece. I think, yeah, I think Federico is just another piece there. All right. I also have them going pass rusher, but I'm going with the big name, Jesse Lucetta. Usually the NFL guy, late two to three, they just kind of go. So someone has the rights in case something happens, they come back up, you have them. Secure it. I have Hamilton doing just that. They have uh, Mason Bennett. They've addressed pass rusher in years prior. I think they just try to stab the big name here in case something happens. But he's gone. He's gone. 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 See you never. I remind me when we get to – when we get to it, I want to circle back to Laketa in a couple picks here. Okay. Uh, Winnipeg, you've got an interesting pick here, to say the least, so go ahead. I do. Uh, talk about draft risers. 
talk about draft risers with speed talk about draft risers that can turn guys inside out gavin cobb i've got the winnipeg blue bombers picking up gavin cobb in the second round no more kenny law official territorial pick here yeah honestly the next yeah the unofficial (laughs) territorial to lead us into the edmonton ottawa territorials but man i think I, i just think gavin cobb worked his way up so many draft boards everybody's head was turning to watch when gavin cobb was running routes he was I would argue the best run, the best route runner of the day at the national combine. He is a little bit smaller, but it doesn't seem to bother the bombers. I mean, Waltarski is not the biggest guy on the field. Nick Dembski is not the biggest guy on the field, but they're very technical. Now they were counteracting that with a guy like Kenny Lawler who could just go over the top and catch whatever you put in the air. So who that guy is going to be remains to be seen, but I think, I think Gavin Cobb worked his way into the top three rounds and I guess the top two rounds for me in this one. I've got Tommy Bringy slotting at that spot. I, I'm not going to say it. We, the Hallett's Bringy. What are you Reddit doing? Cranby. Oh my You're just, you're just building a, a wall of athletes from the national level on defense. Uh, territorial picks this year fall to Edmonton and Ottawa. Uh, with territorial picks work, I believe is each team has a set jurisdiction where they can snipe players who either went to a university in that area or grew up in that geographical region. Uh, for Edmonton... Take it away. Jayden, we've got, yeah, we've got the same got the guy. same guy, Jaden Dalkey. Unfortunately, he could not participate in multiple drills. He was only able to run a 40 and bench, uh, just going through some knee rehab. Uh, but we have him sliding in there. He's one of U of A's top defenders over the last couple of years. Uh, all he Canadian. looked good walking around, though. He did. He looked huge. He looked physical. Uh, Ottawa, we kind of differ, but we have guys that we've already talked about. You have yeah. Keaton Brugling fitting into that spot. Yep. I have Zach Pelios, who, I mean, he's a double-time nah, territorial player as he grew up and went to school in Ottawa's catchment area. I will say with this Ottawa territorial selection, it might be an interesting thing to keep your eye on Jesse Lucetta at this spot as yeah, well. I think so as well. For me, if Lucetta hadn't slotted in at Hamilton, yeah. I think they go with him there and try to double back in the third round to get yeah. Pelios if they can. I, I think so too. Yeah. I just wanted to to when we were talking about Lucetta earlier on, I, I wanted I didn't want to spoil the territorial selections, but I definitely wanted to circle back to that fact. Because I definitely yeah. think that's something that you know people should be alert to. I think that if if somebody's gonna take a swing on Lucetta, should think, he be I there think at the, the back end? Is a real, yeah. real chance. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but that comes to a close with mock draft 1.0 for Connor and I. Uh, two rounds we each went through. Uh, we will be posting graphic with all this for mock draft Monday. Because, Absolutely, you know, uh, they're back. Mock draft Monday. But yeah, we uh, we definitely have that to look forward to, and moving on to 2.0 and 2.0 of the draft 100 as well. Something else to look forward to. Bit of news, bit of news here at the end of the episode. We will have. Andrew Pearson jumping on the show with us once again, but there's a little bit of a catch. We're going to be doing it live from Daft Brewing in Kingston, Ontario. Go check out their stuff on their social media at Daft Brewing on Instagram. That's uh, a really cool venue, bunch of great beer. So we're really looking forward to that. That is going to be on April 14th. Bar is going to be open. So if you want to come hang out and you're in Kingston, doors are open. We will be there. 
Uh, it's looking like the it's going to be Lions offensive lineman Andrew Pearson. Absolutely. Uh, it's looking like it's going to be like a one o'clock thing, but we're, we're still sorting the details out on timing. But the date is set. We are doing that. This is going to be an event that CFP is running. Live episode, Andrew Pearson of the BC Lions at Daft Brewing. Absolutely. And go ahead and check us out on socials at Connor R. O'Neill, at Wade Zank, at CF Perspective. We'll talk to you Tuesday when we have an interview with Coach Grant, the new head coach of the Carlton Ravens. It's too hot in here. Doesn't help.